Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. I'm Blake. And uh, it's heartening to know that you're now listening to the third most popular Raiders podcast out there. So that's just fantastic. Thanks for all the support. Blake and I very much appreciate it, don't we, Blake? We're moving up. We're moving up. We are. It is absolutely- The only way is up. Yeah, 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 baby. Um, so, Blake, a bit of a roller coaster season to this point. You it has, it has been, hasn't it? It's been sort of, you know, one week um, things are, are reasonably good, and another week we're sort of all down in the dumps again. And it just so happens that every time we record the podcast, it seems that we coincide at a low point. Mm-hmm. So we've just just come off the loss to the Sharks, which was, you know, disappointing, but familiar story we went in thinking that we had a good chance against mm. uh, you know a weakened shark side yeah but um we don't seem to have a great record against the sharks in recent times particularly at home yeah and uh the only times we ever do beat them is when we come out all guns blazing blow them off the park because when it gets down and dirty they always just seem to find a way to win against well us. if there's a side that knows how to do down and dirty it's the sharks isn't it yes but uh, the horrible stat there is uh that we have not beaten the sharks at canberra stadium since the 2012 semi where uh, Papali uh, sorted out Gallon. And in that particular match, Jack Whiten, Edric Lee and um, Shannon Boyd were all actually playing in the under-20s in the previous against match. Against the Warriors. Against the Warriors yeah. with Licky Licky. Licky, we've end. talked about this before. Licky yeah, Licky. That was, a great, that was a really good day. It was a really yeah. good day, but we haven't had a good one at home against the Sharks since. It's high time for... A good, uh, a good time against the Sharks. Uh, we didn't get it. It was no good. Yes, Andrew Fafita, absolutely massive. massive. We seem, we seem to make um, the good players look really good when they play as at Bruce Stadium. You think about your Benji Marshalls, your yeah. Jonathan Thurston, yeah. your Andrew Fafitas. They always seem to save Michael their, Morgan their best. last year. Yeah. Oh, that was a phenomenal performance. It really wasn't it? was a great. That was the start of his really kicking on. Yeah. Taking ownership and you know his great form which took them all the way to the grand final and I like to take a little bit of credit for that because I was on the sideline that night and it was freezing it was minus 11 and when I went on and interviewed him I really blew smoke up his ass about how great he was and uh, he really enjoyed that too so you know and I think he gained confidence because he knew that the pork, pork was on his side was on his side and had marked him for greatness <laughs> and had said you can do this Michael yes. Morgan now my mother interestingly enough listened to all the episodes of the, of the podcast and um, she had her own observations, which is quite interesting because she doesn't really know anything about football, but just based on what we said. But then she said, why do they call him the pork? Is he very fat? And I said, no, not really. Well, yes, no, that is the reason why. Um, there was a, a period in uh, 1992 uh, where I, I decided giving up smoking was the way to go. And in a two and a half month period, I turned into a two-handed beer drinker and I put on 25 kilos in two and a half months. Because I actually met you prior to that, and you were very skinny, very tall and very skinny. Very tall and very skinny. Still tall, uh, not skinny. <laughs> uh, not skinny at all. And uh, I was then working a few years later at uh, Capital Television, and there was a great tall cameraman who I worked with, and his name was Chris Rouse. He played second row for Royal Seconds, and he was a bit terrifying. He had a shaved head, and uh, he was calling me Gorski. Gorski. Right. And I went home and told uh, Dr. Beckett, who I lived with, I said, he's calling me Gorski, I don't like it. And he laughed and he said, Gorski, yo pork. And it stuck. There you go. Very good. Something to do. So we've got a few questions that have come in from you listeners out there. Now we've digressed onto where I got my nickname from. Um, and there's a few of them. 
very much in the Boyd and uh, Paulo uh, question. So uh, Scott Paddo asks, are props actually worth 600,000K a year? Marty Owen says, where to for the Raiders post Boyd and Paulo? And Craig Norenberg said, who's going to replace Boyd and Paulo? Well, here's the thing. No. Uh, props now in that vein are not worth $600,000 a year. A few They're, are. A few, but there's very few props I would look at, say, 600000 plus a year. I would say Andrew Feeder is the standout. He's yeah. worth um, over that. He's worth 800000 He's a match-winning player. He played yeah. 80 minutes. Yeah. He plays big minutes. As long as he doesn't have his brain explosions, he's, he's worth that. He's a match-winning player. He can play all day. Um, but when you're looking at the other ones, you know, Jesse Bromwich is probably up there because yeah. he's a reliable performer. You know, he's not a superstar, but he will do his job every single match. Um, and then after that, you're really starting to wonder, I mean, who are the great ones? Regan Campbell-Gillard's coming up. Yeah, playing big minutes. But he's not worth that amount of money. I think most Bulldogs fans would tell you that Aaron Woods isn't worth 800000 that he's getting paid this season. Oh, I would say Aaron Woods is probably worth about 200000 and definitely needs a haircut. But having said that, the bloke he packs down with David Clemmer, there's an argument. He's, he's very good in my yeah. eyes. And he plays big minutes. Yeah. And he can play... Back row, and he can play lock as well. And I think those are the props yeah. that you're now looking that are good because the reason uh, Shannon Boyd and Ginny Paulo to the Raiders um, aren't worth over the amount that the Raiders offered them, and obviously it wasn't enough to keep them, so it was less than $600,000 yeah. a year, is because together the two of them are not even quite making a full match. You know, Shannon Boyd's averaging 35 minutes, and Ginny Paulo's averaging just a little bit more than that. So between the two of them, they make up one player during the yeah. match. You know, a one 80-minute player during the match. Now we're going to six interchanges next year. That's yeah. the strong word. There's no way in the world you can carry two behemoths. And, no. and one isn't ideal. And for the amount of money they're talking, it, it, it just it, it wasn't possible for them to actually do it. They're, they're going and looking at all the players. They've put an offer for Ryan Sutton for Wigan. They've put an offer for John Bateman. Both of those are 80-minute players. They're 80-minute players. Uh, Cia Soliola will probably be the only player we carry next year um, who wouldn't be a player that you could actually look at and say, you can run 80 minutes. He'll be a bench player. But you look at the rest. Papali will be able to run 80 minutes. Um, yeah. That's what they'll be doing for it. Whitehead certainly can. Tarpanay certainly can. Josh Hodgson can. Um, and that's that's the player they're looking yeah. for. So, no, they're not worth maybe, it. Maybe the um, the much maligned Luke Bateman sort of come more into their own too with a reducing the change. So. And, yeah, and, and he can play 80 minutes, and yeah. that's the thing, and they can go all around. What Ricky and Don Ferner and, and Mulholland are going for is when they put a 17 out there, because you see how often we lose players. It yes. happens all the time. If you go down to 15 players, what you don't need to have is two of the ones that are left being so gassed they're letting players yeah. through. You have to have 80-minute players. And, and maybe and that's, that's a going. bit to do with, you know, those last, when we're losing in the back end of games, is it, you know, the, the big guys are wilting. One thing I'd say about uh, Paulo and Boyd is that we as supporters tend to see the big carries and the big charges and people going flying off them. Yeah. But and what that they, is magnificent. Yeah, and everyone loves it. But probably what the coaches see and a lot of fans don't see is that the lapses in defence that these guys make when they're gassed in the middle. And, and you know, against the Sharks, Boyd, he played 30 minutes and you were saying that you really noticed how gassed he was at the back end of the game Just as well. before he came off um, the first time, no, the second time, and he got pulled off early... Um, he, he struggled to get back. Now, he may have been winded. You know, there may have been extenuating circumstances of that. But what it looked like was he's not getting back into the line. 
Now, next question, Ryan Gillard, uh, long-time listener, you know, faithful listener, Gilby Gillard on Twitter, follow him. Um, will the club learn to stagger contracts after this? And that's, you know, we've had nine players coming off contracts. I think they've, they've actually deliberately not staggered contracts this year. I think they really were doing it in such a way which allowed them to clear the decks and at the same time prioritise within that and say to players, and they said that clearly, we're going to be signing players based on performance. And at this present stage, and you know, you've, you've been up in arms at me about it, Josh Papali has now come back into that frame. <laughs> this is what I mean, the roller coaster. You loved him, you hated him, but yeah, he, look, I've never he's hated him. No, but you were pretty keen to pack his bags. Um, I was he, certain I was going to pack his bags. He's had a slow start. He had a slow start to the season, but yeah. you know, certainly not the first season he's had a slow start. No. And it's not the first season he's come in looking overweight and out of shape, and it's taken him six or seven games to get into match fitness, which clearly he's at now. Yeah, but we're about to put on the table... We've put on the table for him for... I know, if, reportedly, three-year deal, $2 million. So you're looking at $660,000 a year. I think he's worth it. I think he can play um, prop. He can play second row. He can play lock. So he does very well. He can break the line. He makes lots of tackles. And when he's in form, it's great. But when he's not in form... How do you justify carrying someone like that? Yeah, and you expect a guy on that money to be doing the right things in the yeah. off-season so they're not coming in yeah. ridiculously overweight. But yeah, when he when he has a full preseason, he goes, all right, but it's every year that there's a big rep you know, season and probably a World Cup playing for yeah. Samoa was the, was the worst. Yeah, I don't think Samoa possible. should be allowed to take players away because the way they'd sh- return Junior, Joey and uh, Josh, oh, look, the it whole was world, not acceptable. The whole World Cup, was a disaster for us. You know, you had Josh Hodgson yeah. doing his knee and then you had those guys coming back completely out of shape and overweight. Yeah. You know, we, we fared as badly at the World Cup as I'd say as any side did. Anyway, that's very unfortunate. Um, Jeff, uh, yeah, and uh, Ryan Gillow goes on to say, Tarpanay and Rapana off contract to the end of 2009. Will we lock them up early? I would say yes. I would say once the, the move for doing the roster for this year, you know, for moving into 2019 is done, and they know what they're doing, um, I'd say Rapana and Tarpanay will be immediately being talked to. They'll probably be talked to right now about there's a deal coming. Make no mistake, we're going to be talking early. Yeah. Both of them worth top dollar, um, earn their money. I don't think you ever see either of those two players doing anything but 100%. Sure, sometimes they'll, they'll have a dirty game, but it's never through lack of effort. Yeah. Absolutely never. I mean, like, there's very few players for the Raiders this season you can actually look at and say, well, it ain't your fault. But Jordan Rapana is that man. I mean, he has not had no, a game where I've found his effort lacking in any way, shape, or form. Get, getting back towards the, the um, off-contract thing, mm. one thing I would say is that possibly you're right, and you always seem to think that the club knows what they're doing and there's always a master plan behind it. Possibly they were you know, preparing a situation whereby they could clear the decks and mm. re-sign a bunch of new players and let go of some. But I also wonder if... On the back of 2016, they sort of saw a, a, a premiership window opening and they sort of engineered the contracts, not to the same extent where, um, you know, you have like a sort of a, a Des has a situation with the Bulldogs, yeah. but where they sort of went, we'll get everyone until 2018 and hopefully with this squad, we can win a premiership in that time. Yeah, yeah and I think that that is, that is possible. Um, I still think that window's open with a good bit of list management at this stage, but Here's the thing. I mean, the other thing is, and they would have known this, they knew Manly was in salary cap trouble and we're going to have to shed players that were good. They had to shed Blake Green, and that was greatly to the Warriors' benefit. 
Um, but now we know just how badly the Bulldogs are in, in trouble and they're going to have to shed a player. Now, there's, there's a couple of players there that if they shed them would be, you know, the sort of players I, we pick up for the same sort of money that Paulo and Boyd have gone off for. Wouldn't you love to see Josh Jackson or David Clemmer? Wouldn't you love to see, you know, you know, if they did a deal, because the word is that the reason we haven't heard that Junior Paulo's deal has officially been done is because the NRL isn't ratifying that deal, isn't registering that deal yet because Parramatta will be over the salary cap yeah. and they still have to shed someone. Now, the other rumour I've heard, and it is a rumour, this is not a nobody stretch, is that one of those things might be Corey Norman leaving and there might be some sort of exchange there with a 5-8 that we might have and that that might be a picture that works out for the Raiders. So when you've got nine players coming off contract and you know those situations are there where you can move something on and receive something that suits you better, that actually might be, you know, as Homer says, you know, Christ-a-tunity. <laughs> Christ-a-tunity. So good, good point, but it's very hard to take you seriously in the outfit that you're, uh, you're currently wearing. What's wrong with my outfit? <laughs> I think the viewers all, all understand if, it. If, if you want to go onto the Blake and the Pork Facebook page, you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, one of your friends posted a comment that you look like a crap um, Batman villain. Yeah, yeah, the Raidler. <laughs> the Raidler. Um, look, it was. it's very warm, it's very comfortable. If you're not wearing your Viking horns, well, you don't really care, and I don't want to talk to you. You know, the Viking horns, very good. Friend of yours made them. Yep. Um, wonderful thing. One of the best things that's ever been made for fan wear, the horn beanie. I wish they hadn't stopped making them. I think they should continue making them. Well, DHA were footing the bill for them. Yeah, well, they did a wonderful yeah. job, and I know whenever I wear my horn beanie, and my son's got one, and my wife's got one, when we go out and wear them, they're getting a lot of advertising, <laughs> you know. And uh, Jeff, with us. Next question: Are we keeping Austin? Um, and but first off, he came with: Are we curping Austin? Um, and then he replaced it to: Are we keeping Austin? And I wrote back to him and said: I prefer curping. And then Jeff came back and said, sorry, I'm in Bali on holiday and I've been on the Bintangs all afternoon, which made me laugh out loud. So are we curping Austin? Um, I reckon no. Looks I, unlikely. I reckon he turned down a deal that was really quite big. Um, and like I said before, I think he will regret turning he, that down. He but may, I, he may not. Um, but I don't think there's an offer on the table for him right now. So I think he's playing for his his career at this stage, and he will get picked up. He is he'll good go somewhere, but whether he up. won't get that, he won't get that sort of that seven hundred thousand dollars. He may still he may still stay at the Raiders, and and I quite frankly would welcome him staying. But I know it's going to be on lesser money than he was previously offered. Yeah, that's just the reality of the that's situation. That's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. But uh, it, it's it's one of those things where we're talking about the roller coaster before. It's again. Yeah. One week, you know, everyone wants to get rid of Austin yeah. and Caesar's the saviour. And now, yeah. oh, no, actually, Caesar's rubbish and Austin has one good game. What well, we really need is, is consistent players. Uh, look, I'm behind Caesar. He will be consistent. Yeah. If he, I, get, if I he gets a pack in front of him that's working well, he will be consistent. He, he, that's what he needs. Uh, I have no doubt he's the best option for us at halfback. We should keep him there. We shouldn't muck around. I don't think anyone should be questioning that. Get in behind Aiden Caesar. Make sure that he knows he's wanted. We haven't quite signed him yet. The word is he almost is signed. The word is Papali's almost signed, but they haven't done it yet. Let's not stuff that up because 
you know what? Not only is he a good halfback and he's tough and he's been making really great last line of defence tackles against the likes of Kevin Proctor and Cohen Hess. I mean, those are serious tackles right there. He's also an awesome goal kicker. Let's not forget that. Yeah. I mean, he's a really, really good. So get him behind him. Um, Alex wrote in, is Ricky a dead duck? No, Ricky is definitely a live human being. I've seen him. Um, He's not a dead duck. I think... uh, the club's very much behind him. As He's not going should. anywhere. He's no. not going anywhere. Whether, Nor whether, should he be. Whether people like that or not, you know... Yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's a divisive character. And look, I've got to say that I'm a Ricky Zealot. Um, put my cards on the table there. Um, you know... He, he's the man, I believe, to lead us forward. So those are our questions for this week. So next on, we uh, I was very um, fortunate uh, to get an interview with uh, everyone's favourite player, the man from uh, Northern England, from all. Um, had a few minutes uh, with Josh Hodgson, and I asked, uh, we asked you all for questions we could ask, and stupidly, that's what we asked him. <laughs> so uh, let's have a listen to Josh Hodgson speaking to uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Uh, we're here uh, on uh, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork with the great, the one and only Josh Hodgson. How are you, Josh? Good, man. Thank you. How are you? Very well. Now, we've got some uh, some very hard-hitting questions in from our, our, our listeners uh, that we want you to answer. So, uh, first off the, uh, the rank is Kate asks, how's the ACL recovery coming? Yeah, it's really good. Um, to be honest, I couldn't have asked for the you know the injury process to go much cleaner. It's been um, it's been pretty good. I've had a couple of um, scar tissue tears, which is normal in a um, in a hamstring graft, um, and it's come along really well. It's it's just one of them things that it takes its time. No matter how good you are with your um, your rehab and your preparation, it's still um, you know it's still six to nine months. So there's not a lot you can do about that. And how's your mindset? She also wants to know coming off a long-term injury. Yeah, it's um, it's actually give me another perspective on the game. Actually, I've really I feel like I've learned a lot being away from the game, and and certainly realised how much I love the game. It's um, it's been a very tough time, um, you know, especially when you're having to watch your games and um, you're not you're not in and around the boys training and uh, things like that. It is it is tough, and uh, you don't realise how how tough of an injury and how tough of a process it is until you go through it. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty tough. So, uh, next question. Uh, you've got a fairly rough head. How did you land a butte bird like Kirby? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know myself, to be honest. Good, she, good. She might, she might give me the flick if she hears that, so... <laughs> <laughs> Who's your most annoying teammate and why? Most annoying teammate is Shannon Boyd because he's just a big daft thing. And as, whenever you try and have a joke or wind him up, he just gets the fists out, so you got to run. Nice, nice. Uh, who will your son George play for, Queensland or New South Wales? Oh, oh if he's... Um, I suppose he'd be eligible for, for New South Wales, I suppose. I don't know exactly how the rules work over here, but he'll be... Oh, no, anyone can play for Queensland. <laughs> well, he'll uh, hopefully he'll be considering himself as English, but if the, if he considers himself an Aussie, then uh, I presume it'd be New South Wales because he'd be staying in Canberra. Speaking of that, are you a naturalised Aussie now? No, I'm English. Are you going to naturalise... What's naturalised? What do you mean by that? Become an Australian citizen. Take the pledge. Oh, I'm not sure. We're looking to in a couple of years. We're just, we've got re- permanent residency, so we're going to just see how we go. All right. What do you miss about England? Uh, oh, friends and family, mate. I think um, you obviously miss uh, having them having them close by and whenever you need things and uh, even just to say hello. So that's, that's the thing you miss. But, um, yeah, it's probably the biggest thing. Is Smelly at Whitehead actually the smelliest uh, raider, or is it someone else? No, he's he's probably the worst one. Yeah, yeah good, good, good. Uh, and what's your favourite thing about Australia so far? Um, 
I don't know, to be honest. There's quite a lot of things that I really like. Um, I like how you can go to, you know, so many places that are totally different. Like, you can go to the busy cities, or you can go to the quiet country towns, or you can go to the coast, you can go middle of nowhere where there's nobody camping, and that's what I like. There's a, the difference in scales of what you can do, I suppose. OK, Blake asks, uh, what do you prefer, Yorkshire pudding or chips? Oh, Yorkshire pudding, hands down. Nice, nice, nice. I've noticed, he, he says, I've noticed you have a tribal tattoo. What tribe do you belong to? <laughs> I always say this to, to Josh Papali, who got our own little tribe and I'm the chief, so... Fair enough. That's a, that's a good tribe to be chief of. Uh, Wanda asks, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? One horse-sized duck. Yeah, that's my feeling as well. Uh, Tony Witterbottom asks, which English players would you like to have playing with you at the Raiders? Oh, I don't know. There's quite. I wouldn't want to, you know, pick anybody out. I think there's a fair few. There's, um, there's a lot that are over here in the NRL that I'd love to play with, and there also, you know, some that are playing in Super League that I've played alongside with uh, for England as well. So um, there's a fair few candidates in that one. Good. Um, so, Greg asks, what's colder in midwinter, Hull or Canberra? Oh, Hull, hands down. It's um, Canberra gets pretty cold, especially when that wind comes, but. Um, you know, winter in England is just so much different. It gets darker so much for so much time of the day, and it's just constantly wet. Which you know, when you're dripping wet, cold, and you're freezing, it's not a good combination. So definitely, Hull. Uh, Tony Mithen asks, "Why are you so wonderful?" <laughs> Ask my wife; she'll tell you I'm not. <laughs> James Cheeseman asks, "Can you sign for life?" Oh, I've already signed five years, so that'll take me to to 32. So um, if they want to give me another two or three years as well, that'll do. Uh, Tom Gibson asked, based on rumours we've heard, how do you think Ryan Sutton and John Bateman would go in the NRL? Oh, I'm not. Sh- I'm not too sure. You know, um, I ain't seen too much of Ryan Sutton. Uh, I've seen a few games, but I've not really, you know, detailed his game that much. Um, I've obviously played alongside John Bateman and watched him play for for a long time, and I, I really like him as a player. I'm sure he'd go well if he if he ever got the chance to go over here. And uh, ex-Hull Kiwi asks, uh, with tongue-in-cheek, tackled any good doors recently? Nah, nah, they usually tend to be a bit, a bit steadier more recently when I go near them. <laughs> Thanks for taking time with uh, Raiders Review. Cheers, Matt. Well, that was very good. Um, I would like to say that those questions I sent you were actually joke questions. I didn't think you'd actually ask him, but, you know... Well, you know, I asked the questions I got. Sorry, some of you actually asked some fairly serious questions, but it wasn't really the spot for serious questions at that area. Um, I'll have to get more approval in order to ask serious questions to get get better access than I previously had. Um, but yeah, Josh was great. Uh, apologies that I didn't ask him about, you know, how he got into football, you know, who's favourite player, all those sort of serious sort of questions. I'll do that next time. Um, but do let us know, who would you like a Raiders view with Blake and the Pork to talk to next? Which player would you like us to interview next? And then we'll get into the questions after that. Um, so now that comes to what grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? And this week, Blake, there is something that grinds my gears, and it's ground my gears for quite a long time. Um, drives me quite berserk. And it is related to constantly losing to Cronulla, uh, which I do find hard to take because I do believe they're quite a grubby side. Uh, their supporters, I don't feel that way about them at all. I, I, I went to that semi-final in, two, was it 2008 at Shark Park? Yeah, I was there as I well. I was lucky to get out of there alive. Really? It was like a lynch mob. Yeah, they were, they were absolutely feral and I swore I would never go there again. And that was after they had pretty well comprehensively beat us. Yeah, they really And did. they still were bang for blood. Yeah, no, I, um, I had a different uh, exam. I was up in the proper, you know, in the well-to-do uh, stand at yeah. Endeavour Park. And amongst the children of the corners, I like to say, because they're all blonde hair, blue eyes. But the one thing that's always annoyed me is there is some bloke 
in the Cronulla crowd and he's everywhere with them with a stinking trumpet. So it's not bad enough that you've lost. But then this bloke's wandering around playing Roll Out the Barrel, which is their song Up, Up, Cronulla. Yeah. And not only have you lost and you're feeling bad about that, but you're walking out of the ground humming Up, Up, Cronulla. And I think that is cruel and unusual. So I believe we need to identify who this person is. We need to find him and his trumpet. And we need to position his trumpet in a way where it's much harder for him to blow that tune. And that, Blake is what grinds my gears. But you know, it's not my least favourite uh, musical instrument amongst the NRL um, fans and clubs. And do tell what is. Definitely the Melbourne Storm cowbell. Yeah. I can't stand that. Yeah. You, at least the at least the Cronulla guy can play a tune. He, he definitely can. And that's half the problem with the Cronulla guy because it is bloody catchy. <laughs> and it goes in, look, and I've got no problem with opposition fans celebrating that way. And it doesn't, you know, that's the thing. What I dislike is when he puts their song in my head when I'm feeling bad. No, don't like it. Fair enough. Fair I enough. don't like it. You know, when you've won at my at your ground, go ahead, play it. But, well, at like AFL, it. you know, if if you win away from home, your theme song gets played at the other team's ground, so that's probably even worse. Imagine if they actually did have Up Up Cronulla through the whole PA at Canberra Stadium. Yeah, that would be that would be bad. That would be truly awful. Yeah, it would. It would. It'd just be nice to beat Cronulla, but yes. it, it, it grinds my gears that uh, I, I left the stadium humming Up Up Cronulla to myself. So you know what? Take that trumpet and okay. position it <laughs> elsewhere. Moving right along. Moving right. What segments next? Up now we have Stump the Pork. Okay, and this week, uh, well, Stump the Pork is a segment which I have incorporated in recent times, and uh, each week I think of a Raiders-related trivia question, and I try and stump the pork and see if he doesn't know the answer, and this week I've got quite a good one, and I think maybe I'm going to get you. So the question this week is, of all the coaches that the Raiders had, who has the lowest winning percentage? Mm, well, my first instinct is to go to um, our very first coach, which was Don Ferner, because those were the darker, darker days. But I happen to know that we had a coach who has a 100% losing record. Uh, he came in and replaced David Ferner, and he coached for three games. He was the under-20s coach, and he coached three games for the Raiders at the back end of that season, 2013, <sighs> and we lost every last one. Yes. It was Andrew Juniman. Yes, that is 100% correct. I thought I'd get you on that one, but yeah, Don Ferner, 39%. Yeah. But he had that, you know, 982, what they won four games. He didn't have much to work with. No. And then the second worst was actually his son, David Ferner. So yeah. the Ferners have done a lot, but they don't have a great um, percentage wise. Dave Ferner is a hell of a nice guy. He was just a gentleman. I really, yeah. I, he was a fantastic player. And you know what? It was the players. He was trying his guts out, Dave Ferner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, yeah. I mean, I, I don't regret having Ricky at the side, but I have nothing. Ricky but, Stewart. Yeah. 47%. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, I have nothing but but time for, for David Ferner, who was a great servant of the club. And for mine, he'd be welcome back anytime. Well, I thought there was, it was almost a chance I thought that he could have come back this year in an assistant coaching role once, you know. Well, him and was, Ricky aren't exactly uh, not friends. Well, they're best mates. Well, they, they went through St. Eddie's. Yeah. The, the, I mean, David's younger than Ricky. Um, Only one year? No, one or two than, years? No, it's a bit more than that. It's a bit more than that. It's four or five years. No. Yeah, David Ferner's my age. 
And Ricky would be only a couple of years. No. And plus, Ricky did year 12 about four times. At three Sydney. times he did. Three <laughs> times. Ricky's born in 67. I'm pretty sure David Fern is born in 1971 or 70. 70. Anyway. Yeah, 70. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. It's three years. Okay, it's three yeah. years, though. So, yeah, they, they may have been in year 12 <laughs> together. Who knows? But, yeah, no, no, I, I haven't been stumped. But if you're out there and listening, uh, feel free to send in to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, uh, either to myself or at Blake at Landspeed Records. Um, any questions you might have that might stump the Pork? It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. But I'll think Actually, it's not. He's just not going in the right direction. I've been yeah. very lucky where he's gone so far. Yeah. Um, and last we have at this present stage, reason to be cheerful. And, Blake? There are reasons to be cheerful. You're an eternal optimist. Um, Well, you have to be an optimist (laughs) when you bleed green. Um, But the reasons to be cheerful this week, um, Josh Papali, and we've talked about him already, but his stats, and I believe you have his stats from the Cronulla game. Unbelievable. These are the best stats, I would say, that we've seen from Raiders forward in, I mean, I don't know, since stats have been a thing. Since Brad Clyde. Yeah. Well, no one cared about stats back then, which was a simpler... Happier time in some ways. <laughs> Before everyone was obsessed with super coach and it's like, oh, which team are you supporting? Oh, I'm not supporting a team. I'm supporting this player and this, this player anyway. and that player. I need that guy and, to make an and, error. <laughs> and gambling and tipping comps and, you know, you just want to go for the underdog, but no, you've tipped the favourite. So you go, come on, Melbourne Storm. You know, anyway. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. not go there. Josh Papali's stats from the weekend. 80 minute, full 80 minute performance, 18 hit ups, 213 metres. And that was he also included 92 post-contact metres, which is very good. Mm-hmm. That's the metres he's made when he's got, you know, he's hit the line and he's basically carrying three players with him. Um, one line break, one line break, 30 tackles and only one missed tackle. Very yeah. impressive. It's quite remarkable. And that, my friends, is a reason to be cheerful because uh, Josh Papali coming back into form can only be a good thing. He is a powerhouse. He runs the ball hard and he's the sort of person that people need to be afraid of because he will hit you, hit you, hit you and you will see green. True. Um, and uh, so he is he is very, very good. It's, it, it's wonderful to have him back. Uh, another reason to be cheerful for uh, our Raiders uh, fans out there, all of you out there, is that coming to town on the 29th of July to the Street Theatre is the one, the only, Dennis Carnahan, who himself bleeds green. You know, he's got more Raiders jerseys in this scene. Campbell High Boy, Dixon College. Um, and he's the man behind uh, Rugby League the Musical. And for those of you who know it, that's in Queensland, which is actually the theme song of uh, Queenslanders Only on Fox Sports. A, a truly dire program. Yeah, possibly. I never watch anything <laughs> other than the title show, but he's exceptionally funny. He does Rugby League satire songs like you wouldn't believe. He's absolutely hilarious. He's a great friend of mine, and he's a great friend of the Raiders. I encourage you all to get out there to the Street Theatre, 29th we'll of July. We'll be there. Oh, we will actually be there. And in the coming weeks, Blake and the Pork will be running a competition for two free tickets to go see uh, Dennis Carnahan doing Rugby League, the musical. Is it a one-man show or does he have other... It is a one-man show, okay. but there's there's a lot of uh, the footballers and the other officials that come to the crowd, and they usually do come to the crowd. There'll be some Raiders there will that Ricky night. Will Ricky be attending? Uh, it, the very best of my knowledge, he will be. I haven't blackmailed him yet, but I, yeah, he will. I will be getting Raiders to this particular event. It will be hilarious. You will love it. This is the sort of thing that's for the Canberra crowd, the slightly smarter crowd, the people who understand these things. Yeah. Anyway, 
Dennis, in recognition of this, has actually sent us his newest song, Hot Off The Press. It's an exclusive. It is an exclusive to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. And it is based around Kevin Walters and his heartbreak over Cam Smith leaving. Uh, And it's How Am I Supposed To Win Without You? Or How Is Queensland Supposed To Win Without You? To the tune of Michael Bolton's How Am I Supposed To Live Without You? And uh, so, take it away. Dennis, and thanks, of course, to listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork this week. It's been great. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake, and we'll be back soon. I could hardly believe the news the other day when Cameron Smith declared that he'd retired. He's been carrying Queensland for more than a decade Without Cam Smith the Queensland team looks dire They're just a bunch of duds where Cameron used to make them look good So tell me this before you go Smith, JT, or Cooper Cron.